Fourth and final hour, Darren, Donick, and Chase here on ESPN 1025 The Game on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope everybody's been having a great day. Great weather here in Nashville. Our next guest joins us every Wednesday at this time. Chris Mason, C. Mace, is driven by Freeland Chevrolet. C. Mace, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys? How is the high altitude out in Denver, Colorado? Oh, man, it's, uh, I just heard you saying how nice it is. It's, it's gorgeous here, too, actually. It's just beautiful, sunny, uh, just awesome, awesome out. How are the breweries? Well, we, we tried one last night, and that was, uh, it, was, it was pretty good. We had an early night, though. We had a long travel day, and Skillsy and I got a nice tennis match in. And then, oh, uh, man, yeah. I am jealous. You guys got a tennis match in, huh? We, Willie, it's, we're going to play pickleball. There, it's right by, it's like a 12-minute walk, and it's like incredible facilities. So when you come in tomorrow, we can play, or oh. when you come in tonight. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Okay, we're tomorrow morning, it's on. Okay, yep, it's on. I, yeah. I was so, cause we, oh, yeah, you missed out, buddy. You missed out. <laughs> tennis, man. Pickleball is even more exciting. Yeah. I think the t- yeah. tennis is great, but I mean, are you guys like running down drop shots over the net? Oh, hundred percent. Heck yeah! It's, wow, it's diehard. It's a yeah. great it's, workout. It's a great workout. What are you going to do? Just get on the treadmill? I mean, this, well, this, I'm this just saying it's a great, it up a it's a great workout that also can destroy your knees. There's that. Yeah, but it's it's worth it. It's, it's worth, worth it. it. Wow, man, this, it. the pickleball's a little. Uh, it's it's easier on the body, and it's yeah. more more you know more people can play that. So that's that's a good one if we have a big group, but. Um, if it's tennis, it's usually just Skillsy, Willie, and I. Yeah, you're not going to be able to loft it over Skillsy Willie, from that. No, he's no, and Willie, Willie is money. Willie's the best player in the group. He is good. Really, Skills my right. mom was a we tennis just, coach. We just, bat, we just battle out there. He's got that. Uh, he's got that lefty approach. Doesn't he plays he? with some oh, jam. He's got good, good touch around the net. Yeah, big first serve and, and just. Just the accuracy game strong. Oh, a good first serve. Wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, I, my mom was a tennis coach growing is, up. Is I he had, a grunter? These... Does he grunt? <laughs> no. 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 He's got a good. He's got a good. Uh, good second serve too. But his first is. Uh, it's tough to get back. So you don't get a lot of. Ah! No. 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 He's okay. smooth. He's just a Ow. player. Ow. I right. was before the grunting. I mean, like the, the modern day guys are the guys. It's that all grunt. grunting. Today. I'm old school. Yeah. Everything's grunting. Um, I've noticed that, uh, especially on the road, uh, Skillsy's been doing a little sliding like Chris Collinsworth on television, kind of just sliding right into the picture. How's he yeah. doing? How's he doing with those slide-ins? He's doing He's great. He's yeah. doing great. He's just he's getting into the TV side of things. But I love when he gets on there because uh, it just adds another perspective. And he really, you know, with his expertise being a D-man, and, um, you know, he sees things differently and, and brings a lot of good little – nuances and little details of you know things i loved when he pointed out last game about dan ham to sean and how important that was you know sometimes you take those little things for granted but um you know bones doesn't maybe necessarily get that tip if if hammer takes a slap shot and puts it on net and uh skills did a good job breaking that down so it's fun uh fun having him on there and listening to his perspective i know you guys get it all the time but he does uh just does such a good job yeah, he definitely does um you're right, Nick Benino. How about his start leading the team with eight goals? Doing the dirty work, getting rewarded. You know, he's he, he really is. He's one of those 200-foot players, that, as people say in hockey, where you know he's so valuable defensively in the face-off circle, um, killing penalties. You know, obviously that's a big part of his game. 
but he does have that offensive upside. He's put up some pretty good numbers. He's, you know, been uh, around that 20 goal mark, and and this this year it just seems to be, um, you know, even more so. He's just in the in the right spot, and a lot has to do with his line mates as well. I think him, Kavaldi and Smith, have uh, done such a good job. Kavaldi and Smith, particularly, of going to get those pucks and keeping them alive on the forecheck, and then. Nick Benino's just been incredible in front of the net. He's got, you know, obviously most of his goals lately have been scored from, you know, probably about three feet from the crease. So they're just doing a really good job of, uh, you know, getting that zone time and keeping plays alive. What stood out uh, just with you, just the first through the first fifteen games? What, what's, how would you answer that if I had to say narrow it down to one thing that has stood out to you through fifteen games? Where would you go with that? Well, I would just say I, I, what I really like the makeup of this team. I think they're, they're, the balance on this team is second to none in the NHL. They've got four lines that can play when healthy, and there's you know, and the things that I haven't liked about you know early in the season are, are really correctable, and they've already started uh, to do that. You know, when they're the beginning of the season, when they're just scoring all those goals, and they're giving up a ton of goals. Uh, they've really done a, a much better job um, of finding that balance of when to go and when to defend. And I think the you know the goals against average is really you know you could see that the goalies and the team goals against is really settled down, but they're still finding ways to score goals. So um, I think in terms of that, the balance of their attack I think is a lot better, and and just and their special teams I think this year their special teams are, are both really good, and uh, they've they've been making a difference in hockey games. I just I really like this team. I think it's um, you know it's probably the most balanced team that the Predators have ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look how deep they are, and you compare it to other lineups in the league, I, I really believe that they're the deepest team in terms of their talent, top to bottom. Gosh, I love it. That, that's the reason I asked that. Is Morning Drive asked me that on Monday, and I said that I said it's it's the depth, right, up and down the lineup. It's 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 a deeper team, and special teams is better. Yeah, power yep. play Way is better. working. Power play is working. Yep. And oh, by the way, one of those struggles early on was the penalty kill, and that's been much, much better. So, yep. Um, yep. Kyle Turris, you know, we talked a lot about him last year. Kyle Turris got four, his fourth goal of the season. Looks different this year. By the way, that was a pretty nasty shot on Monday night in Detroit. But what, what do you see out of Kyle Turris where he definitely looks like a, a different player this season? Well, I, you know, it's, it is funny. I, it, 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 he does. He, I think last year, I don't know. Um, it just seemed like there was a little bit of hesitation in his game at times when, um, you know, sometimes you come down the wing and he was looking to maybe pass. And, you know, when, you, when you're going through a tough time as a player, there's always that, you know, split second of doubt uh, in your decisions. And you maybe hold on to it for just a, a fraction of a second longer and then that passing lane isn't there anymore. Or you're, you're thinking about shooting and you don't shoot, but then you, then you shoot a half second later and it gets blocked. But I think this year... Um, he just seems to have you know a little more uh, burst in his in his skating and um, a little more assertive. And when he comes in his own, he's looking to shoot all the time, and uh, and it opens up plays for him later. He's still a good playmaker, but I just think there's more assertiveness in his game, and he's definitely you know he's uh, well on his way to having a rebound from last year. So that's you know good to see a player of that caliber who maybe I don't know if you're counting on as much this year because of last year. Has certainly stepped up and done uh, done a great job and been a valuable player early on. We are talking to Chris Mason, and the Predators will take on the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow night in Denver, game two of the four-game road trip. Mesa, 
you know, you were talking about the the depth and things like that. Offense has been sort of the, the spotlight. One guy I want to ask you about is a guy that you go way back with and, and Dan Hamuse. I know early in the year there were a lot of people, especially when the Predators were giving up a lot of goals early in the season, were targeting the third defense pair as, oh, what's going on? we got a problem here. Dan Hamuse has really come on, and not only has he been way, way better 5-on-5 five five the last 10 games or so, but also it should be noted that he's playing as much on the penalty kill as anybody. They do not usually play Dante Fabro on the PK, and Hamuse has, has really played solid there. He really has. I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, that doesn't get a lot of credit. I mean, it's, it's, he's not going to be flashy. And, you know, when you have Roman Yossi and Ekholm and Ellis and all these guys, um, you, you know, you're not going to see him up in the play a ton. But he does a lot of those, you know, a lot of the dirty work in the defensive zone. He's been really solid um, on the penalty kill, especially. I think he's done a really good job of, you know, shutting down other teams' top units, um, you know, in those defensive situations, defensive zone face-offs. And it, you, you have to have that. Like you said, I think, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, it's, it's just magnified so much more um, because it's the start of the season and all the expectations and all that. But once he settled in and came back, I just think he's been just a rock back there. Just smart decisions, getting pucks out of the corner um, and getting them, you know, up, moving up ice so he can give it to his forwards. Um, blocking shots, odd man rushes. He does a great job um, on, on odd man situations. The team's done a better job in general of not giving up as many. But he's just uh, just been so solid back there, and um, you know doesn't get the credit he deserves. So I'm glad you brought uh, his name into the mix. I'm curious what we're going to see from the Avalanche tomorrow night. They've really struggled. They got off to a horrendous start last night in Dallas, and they were playing catch up the rest of the game and, and couldn't quite do it. Uh, they've got the two horses that are hurt, putting a lot of pressure on, on Nathan McKinnon and some of the younger players. So. They're they're at a bit of a, a crossroads right now, and so I I would think you're going to see a desperate team tomorrow. Yeah, I mean they're you know they got off to such a great start when they had everybody. I think they're seven zero and one, and then last or in the first eight, and then the last seven they're one five and one. But you take those, you know, you look at their lineup, and they, you know they still have Nazem Kadri and Kale McCarr is a really nice player. You know, he came in last year as a rookie defenseman. This year, he's he's really good. But if they just if you take two players out of your lineup like that, and you know we had we were dealing with that with uh, you know Forsberg and then Duchesne out for one game, so we didn't really have to you know do it for that long. You can kind of uh, get over that. But I mean, you're talking about guys that probably the best line in hockey last year with McKinnon, Ratman, and uh, Landeskog. And then you take those two guys off, it just becomes a challenge. The, the, the goals aren't that just don't come as easy, and then it affects your power play because you're taking your two best, you know, two of your best players off the power play. Nathan McKinnon doesn't have, you know, his stud line mates to play with anymore, so that top line's not as effective. And then you got to call guys up, um, you know, from their their uh, farm system. So it's 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 going to be they're going through a tough time right now. So it'll be interesting to see what they look like because it's definitely not the same offensive punch without those guys although I, I do like their back end I think they're 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 pretty stable back there but they've uh you know they just can't there's no way they can keep up the offensive uh output without those players in the lineup Mace I feel like we are approaching a point where uh we're gonna see Craig Smith score a lot of goals because the hockey gods are gonna reward him I have loved his game as of late a lot everyone's focused on Benino and and Grimaldi but Craig Smith has been lights out he has been lights out, and if you ask any, you know, any one of his line mates, I think they, I think Kara asked uh, Benino about those two guys, 
and um, he just said exactly what you did, just about Craig Smith and how hard he works to get in there, and, and, and just his work ethic is just, he's just relentless, and he, he's getting opportunities, and he is one of those guys, you know, we all know um, it's about his money in the bank to get 20 goals for Craig Smith, but he, he's very streaky. So he'll go on those runs where he's put the puck in the net on a nightly basis and maybe, you know, go cold a little bit sometimes, but he just works so hard. And when a player like Craig Smith, um, you know, works as hard as he does night in, night out and gets those opportunities, it's just a matter of time before he starts throwing up the net. So as long as he continues to do that, which, which I'm sure he will, it's, uh, it's probably coming pretty soon. Uh, we talked to David Poyle on Tuesday about this, but they announced last week Austin Watson with the contract extension and, and you know, well-documented everything that he's gone through uh, off the ice in his career. But a pretty cool story to see him get rewarded with a three-year contract to remain with this team. I, I really love that, and I, I, I love the, you know, the whole approach that the Predators took with, with Austin Watson. Um, you know, it's it's a tough situation, and, it would have been easy for an organization. I've seen a, you know, we've all seen dozens of teams, you know, just cast somebody off once they have a little bit of a turmoil or having, uh, you know, an issue like that. But they stuck by him. Um, he's a good person, and they treated him like a member of your family, which I really have always respected about the Nashville Predators and the way they, um, you know, conduct and handle their their business as an organization. And they stuck by him. They got him the help that he needed, and he he obviously wanted to do that uh, and it's it turned out to be a success story I mean everybody in you know every family has you know tough times or things like that in their lives where you have to support your family and um, it's just part of you know human nature and relationships and it's just a matter of how you handle it I think they did a great job and I just love seeing um, him come out he's healthy and playing great hockey and he's such a valuable member of the team and the organization, and just to me, it's just it's a it's a, a great story in general of just supporting, you know, people you love. So I, I'm happy for him, and he's ecstatic that he got that chance as well. Did you guys uh, get a chance to go to the Nuggets in the Heat last night? No, no, no. We I'm not I'm not a huge basketball guy. So uh, we, as I say, just, I know you don't really talk about, but I don't know if uh, that was something that was in the cards or not. No, no. We just uh, it's easy. I just went for dinner, and um, yeah, nothing, nothing exciting to report there. Mm, okay, thought I'd ask. Hey, good to talk to you as always. Uh, it'll be fun tomorrow night, Predators and Avs, and uh, it's a long road trip. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you soon. See you tomorrow, Willie. Uh, tonight, if all all goes tonight. well, Mace. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Don't write awesome. me off for tonight. I'm in. Okay. All right, buddy. We'll see you soon then. <laughs> He's got his racket ready. Chris Mason, <laughs> driven by Freeland Chevrolet every Wednesday. At 1 o'clock. Come back with more of Darren Donick and Chase. Hey, don't forget, we'll be doing silly underdog picks tomorrow at high noon. (sighs) Close calls. No cigars. You out there, the listeners, you get to make three picks every week. You have an advantage over us. We only get to pick one game. The weekly winners from here on out for silly underdog picks in our contest will be going to the Music City Bowl. The Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. At Nissan Stadium on December 30th. Go to thegamenashville.com. Or also, don't forget, you can listen on ESPN The Game Nashville app and play now with us. That's uh, every week brought to you by Volunteer Hose and Gasket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to tell you I'm pumped and excited, but... I, I legitimately felt bad for you. 
I I probably believe you. I don't believe some of the other contestants. No. I, I, watched, I, did. I watched with you in mind. I flipped I over there after our afternoon hockey game. I mm-hmm. was watching Georgia, Florida, and I was flipping yeah. over. I was like, here's the stretch run. This is big for Darren. Virginia Tech leads. 20 to 14. Yeah. Nick Kale texted me and said, "Poor Darren." Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm, okay. I'm on the fence on whether Nick meant it or not. He I said think he, he I, 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 I feel I like he so. he did. I feel like he did. I think so. I mean, look, even with that win, which would have been 17 and a half points, I'm still no threat. No, but like I need like know, three of those games. It would have been. It would have been respectable. At that well, it would have been funny. It real interesting. Is if I would have done what I told you I was going to do and do Kansas State the week before, <laughs> yeah, and that hit, and that's twenty three and a half, yeah, and, and then, then I hit with Virginia Tech, which is seventeen and a half. That's you, what forty one points. Yeah, you would have been back two in two weeks. It, uh, yeah, oh, whoa, <laughs> definitely back in business, no doubt. Let's go to Kenneth up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Kenneth, what's up? Hi, it's Keith. But uh, I just wanted to ask, you know, uh, being a Kentucky boy. Uh, our season really began last night with the Kentucky Wildcats playing Michigan State. I was just wondering if uh, y'all watched any of it. And what about Tyrese Maxey? And uh, go Big Blue, and I'll hang up and listen. All right. Thank you. Yeah, we certainly talked about that earlier in the show. Maxey was uh, pretty darn good. We were talking about just players that will get your attention, and Maxey – Certainly got my attention. By the way, how about that? So Michigan State's on this huge run. Kentucky got up as much as, what, 13? Michigan State comes storming back. All of a sudden, the game is down to a bucket. And Maxie launches one from, I think, the third row of Madison Square Garden and just drills it. And by the way, a couple of his threes, he is shooting like eight feet behind the three-point line. That, honestly, is one of the biggest changes in the game over the last four or five years. I think it's a little bit of the Steph Curry effect. You used to just not – coaches would not let you shoot from there. Right, you or you get yanked if you did, unless the shot clock was at one. Right, right. You were just not going to shoot from more than a step behind the line, especially if if contested. But now the the good shooters – I mean, Trey, uh, Trey Young, who's, who's the guy from Oklahoma, another guy. Trey, you mean in the NBA now? Well, he's in the NBA now, but when yeah, you, some of the shots that he took at Oklahoma yeah. were just like, I, I can't believe the coach is letting him shoot this. Mm-hmm. But but he was making them, right? The only guy that I ever played against, and I didn't, I wasn't out there much against him or else we were in big trouble, but, uh, you know, Chris Jackson, who became Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, he, he had the green light to shoot some of those way back then. And it, it was bizarre. I was like... Why do they let him do this? They have Shaquille O'Neal in in the paint there. But I think the game has evolved to where kids grow up. The three-point line's there from the very start of their lives, right? They they just right. work on their range at a younger age, and I think they they make the shots. I mean, that, that was a contested shot you were talking about, that big one at the end. That guy's right. guy's got a hand in the face. Once again, and he's like it's a two-point game. Yeah. This is not like they're up 14. It's like, ah, okay, that – that was kind of a dumb possession. It's a two-point game. Late. And yeah. he just drills it. Uh, that, to me, was kind of like, I don't want to say a five-point lead is a dagger, but just that it, was did, a big shot. it was a huge shot. So And just kind of just his floor presence and smiling and laughing and kind of dancing. Just I, 
just looks like he's having a lot of fun out there. He he got my attention. I mean, I, I knew about him, but, I mean, it was fun to watch him because you never know what these freshmen, what they're going to look like, right? I, I, I was impressed with that win because I thought Michigan State would, would uh, catch Kentucky because Kentucky usually starts off slow with all those freshmen, and Michigan State's got Cassius Winston and some more experienced and seasoned guys. One of their, their best players out. Yeah, Langford's out, yeah. which that makes a huge difference. But he's going to be out for a while. Who knows? Right. Who knows if they're what he, if they're going to when they're going to have him available? If right. they'll have him available, Michigan State's still really good, but clearly uh, Kentucky was the better team. They flat out were the better team last night. Yeah, they, absolutely. I mean, they look good, and you know, it's it goes back to what we were talking about earlier that you know you'll see some sloppy play this time of year, the first game, but. To have that type of test early on, they know what happened last year where they just they, they didn't look very good at all. So I think they wanted to overcome that and get off to a good start, and it was a it was a good game. Kansas had 28 turnovers in the first game against Duke, and that was the difference in the game. Kansas, it's amazing how they could have easily won that game if they trim off I don't know 10 10 turnovers. They they were. They were at times in control, and they're just their turnovers killed them. I don't even know how many points Duke had off those turnovers. It was a lot. I lost count. But there's a prime example of kind of sloppy play early on. Now, a guy to watch tonight, I brought this up earlier, North Carolina takes on Notre Dame. Watch Cole Anthony. That's Greg Anthony's kid, and everybody is raving about him saying, yeah, he's going to get your attention. And of course, North Carolina tends to do that. They – they get some big time freshmen too, so just if you get a chance to flip over there tonight, watch that game. But yeah, we talked about it as the college basketball season is underway, and um, ACC were playing conference games last night because of the, do we do you have the ACC? Does anybody have the ACC network? I haven't even no, really looked. I don't think I do. I haven't even looked to see if I have it. I don't even know where it is. I should probably do that. I don't think I have it. I know I don't have the Pac-12 network. Uh, unless there's something new, I I don't think we have it. I actually think I do have the Pac. I think I stumbled upon, and I was like, oh, I have the Pac-12 network. I think I have that. I'm pretty sure. Well, there are like eight Pac-12 networks because every state <laughs> has their own channel. Oh, really? So the equivalent of SEC Network Plus for a lot of sports is on TV within the state borders. In Pac-12 countries, there is an Arizona, a Southern California, a Northern California, a Washington and Oregon, and a Utah channel. Hmm. Well, then. Yeah. The okay. more you know. They're doing great out there. Ask Larry Scott. Yeah. <laughs> the Conference of Champions. Yeah. Hit the... Ask Bill Walton. That's who should be the commissioner. <laughs> yeah. Larry Scott. Uh, I remember when everybody used to rave about Larry Scott. Seem to be doing that as much. Speaking of that, I just had a flashback. And just think how things swing in a year's time. It was about a year ago that Vanderbilt went out to Los Angeles and played USC on the Pac-12 network with a guy named Darius Garland and won against a very, very talented, although schizo, USC team. I mean, they had a lot of issues, but there was some talent on the court that night. Wow. Little did you know. And the a, significance uh, of that win and what it would, what would happen yeah, afterwards. About a week, week and a half later, it all changed. Just what could have been, right? 
But we were the Predators were out on the road, and we got a chance. Hal Gill went with me. We went over and watched that game. Had a great time. It was a Damian Jones was there. There's a lot of Vanderbilt. It, it was the, you could start. You were feeling the energy, the excitement about the team, and boy, did it ever change. Just a couple weeks later, certainly did. The right. whole path, the whole future of Vanderbilt basketball uh, went in a total 180. Their head coach, everything. exactly. I mean, the the dominoes that, that happened. Pretty amazing. The fallout shortly after that game. Sure. It, just the the what if. Like we, this was a summer question. What we were had. they at that point? Five and zero. Oh, I, was that right? Like five, four, five and zero. I it, think it was four and zero, and then in the opening minutes of the next game back home, Garland when got went hurt. Down, but they won. Kent State. Yep. And they so they were five and zero. So yeah, maybe four and zero at that Something point. Something like that. But that was a that the question we asked over the summer. Like, what would have happened? Like, we'll never know. It'll be a question that is probably asked as Darius Garland plays in the NBA for ten or fifteen. Like, what? What would have happened in that one year yeah. had that not happened? But we'll never know. It's a subject matter that will get brought up from time to time, I'm sure, <laughs> years down the road. What if? You've got a good word about the folks at Lee Company. Okay, Lee Company, 5671000. You might be sitting in your office right now going, man, I got, we've got this nagging problem you know, with our door or the cold air is coming in. We've got a window that's cracked. We need some work. We've got some maintenance issues. Well, Lee Company, that's one of their areas of expertise, one of many. But you might be at work going, you know, if I, if I could get this taken care of, I could get home and go watch the games, whatever I have on my docket, but I've got to take care of this. Well, Lee Company has a way for you to do that. You don't even have to pick up the phone if you don't want to. You can go and make an online appointment at LeeCompany.com. It's fantastic. So make make that appointment. Let the experts take care of it. And you can go on with your work, and you can get home and do the things that you want to do. It's one of the great things that Lee Company has set up for you. So maintenance, in a general sense, at home and at the office as well. You can also call them anytime at 615-567-1000. That's 567-1000 for Lee Company. Some NFL news and notes. A.J. Green is expected to make his debut for the Bengals this Sunday. Also, it'll be the debut of a new quarterback for Cincinnati for the first time in a long time. Ryan Finley will be under center for the Bengals. Also, AJ Nick, Green was not at practice today, though. Was not at practice, but they are not saying there. No, he. They're saying he's expected to make his debut Sunday, but he didn't practice today. So I don't know. He didn't de- practice, or he wasn't there. No, he they didn't. Said, he did not practice. Okay. And okay. what I saw on NFL Network was he was not spotted at practice. Was the wording that they used? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so whatever well, that means. I mean, I guess he could be in the tub. What I saw was he didn't practice today. Okay, but okay. although they're saying he's yeah. supposed to play, Nick Foles is scheduled to be the starter again for the Jags. Jordan Matthews is back with the Eagles for the seventh time. Deshaun Jackson is out for the year. Cam Newton has been put on IR. His season is done. Malcolm Butler has been put on IR with the Titans with a broken wrist. Guess enter LaShawn Sims. And uh, Le'Veon Bell is hurt with the Jets. Or he just is saying, man, this team sucks. I don't really want to play with them anymore. My ankle's killing me. What do you think, maybe, if you had to speculate? 
<laughs> I would say he's probably gone. Exactly. Why did I come here again? He's probably I, I like, hope you guys. Oh, that's right. Just oh, that's Pittsburgh. right. They paid me. I that's hope you guys congratulated. By the way, the Dolphins on their big win on Sunday. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, we led I mean, the show with it. I mean, we, well, look, look it what it clapped. did. I mean, who knows? You think they were really happy to win that game? I was just saying. I mean. Don't you know? Is that a good thing for them? Do, do you think secretly Tua goes, oh, I wanted to go to South Beach, not Cincinnati? Well, uh, hmm? I don't know. Because I mean, those two have to play. The Redskins aren't going to draft him. The Jets aren't going to draft him. Who are the other crappy teams? Well, I mean, it. Miami and Cincinnati were. But those two would be are in the market for quarterbacks. Right. And I'm talking about the other crappy teams. Who are the other bottom feeders? Well, I mean, you just named them. And Redskins, those are the... Jets, they're not in the market. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Denver. <laughs> well, Denver. There are they, Denver's in the market. Denver, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, but Denver uh, went and messed around and won a game the other day. Maybe Chicago. I mean, Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta's in the market. Maybe for the future, but not for two. No, we're talking about the number one yeah, pick yeah, yeah. overall. But These, see, here's the problem. The this Falcons, is, but they're not. At the, I that's mean, what I just said. The, yeah. the, here's the problem. Miami screwed up because they, they got the win over the Jets. They still have to play Cincinnati. So, mm. Mm. Didn't you guys I, – I took note. I'm sure you guys did. We had, we had a great conversation with Trent Dilfer. We already referenced – some of the stuff we talked about earlier today with Tim Hasselback. But were you guys surprised at how out, I wouldn't say out on a limb, but how confident he is that Tua is special? It got my attention. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sitting here saying, well, he's been hurt. And, you know, I've, I've seen him look human at times. He does take a few chances. And you never know. But but he, he is sold that he, he is special. sure, fire, Number one pick, yeah, no question, and he no hesitation, dole, and he doesn't dole that out to everybody, right? Nope. He's not one of these guys that says, "Well, this guy could be great, and this guy no. could be great." He's careful on where, where he goes with that, but he says, "This is the guy that does rise above." Said he's the best he's ever seen. Yeah, so the whole thing of who gets the first pick is significant. So there's significant. nothing he can't do. Yeah, let's go down to the borough, Barrett. What's up? Hey, Mister Danuk. Hello, Barrett. So do you remember last year in the, in the, you're in the middle of the season and you've been like you're practically living at Bridgestone, right? And you were trying to figure out which way was longer to go from the booth to the locker room to this entrance to that entrance. Do you remember that segment you did? Yes. We, we, we had the discussion of where the broadcast site is at, the, at Barrel House, which was quicker to get around to the pro shop which, well, that, well, that's a no-brainer, but to get around to the offices on the other side. Right, so uh, did you ever get my present uh, sent to you? No. Oh, someone's going to be where? on the list, one of your co-hosts. Okay, so where where, where would this be? It's, it's, it's with one of your co-hosts there. Well, just I, uh, spill the damn beans <laughs> and quit, hitting the, quit beating around the bush. Just I know spill it. That's why you called in, so say it. It's a it's a stick, right, with a wheel on the bottom. Ah, the old and, odometer, an old fashioned and, thing. And here? you roll it, and it tells you. But this one's digital. Ooh, it's fancy, and it tells you exactly how far it is. And it's a telescopic stick, so it fits down in your briefcase. So perhaps when you get back off your road trip, you can inquiring minds. You might save regular season ticket holders 
tons of extra steps if you just <laughs> finally get to the finish. Unless you're trying to get your steps in. Well, then, that, you know. So that could be an option, too. You might want to know which way's longer so you could get more steps in. There you have this it. This is a very practical gift. There you have it. So I, I hope that you'll have it one day, and I hope that you'll let everybody know which way around <laughs> that place. Because I've been there a bunch, and I can't figure it out. It's so disorienting every time. But that, the, the right. question so I mean, how would is, I make the markings? We this, do, we'd have to post these markings around the arena somewhere. This all stemmed from our conversation, Barrow House. And by the way, this. this has been dropped in my lap. I don't know why he's, you know, clearly back four months ago. It's like, dude, what do you want me to do with this until <laughs> hockey season starts up? Okay. So, you know, so this is one of those deals where you roll it. And remember, we were trying to figure out because... The will call area there at the very front entrance. The will call that was one yeah, of the things that's we what struggled because yeah, I that, timed that it. was the whole conversation because we sometimes we have to go down there and the very very front entrance and where we are in Barrow House, either you step out and either you go to the right or you go to the left, and doing that walk and just knowing the distance, it feels about the same, right? We're trying to figure out. Well, what I timed the, it both what's ways. What's the best it way? It it's it just feels the same. So he's given me this concoction that <laughs> once again, like I said four months ago, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it until hockey season. Okay, store it, and I do have it. And I guess the next time we're in the building, which won't be the next home game, but I guess the next homestand during the week, we might have to get weekend. Chase or or somebody to represent. And go I'll do it. go through the exercise. I'm the I'm the I'm the rookie on the show. I mean, I'll if we it. have this instrument, we we might as well do the do the study. Well, it will tell us exactly what we need to know. Exactly. Whether right. you go to the right or you go Precise. to the left. Yeah. Now, Precise anybody numbers. out there? I, I get it. You out there? You don't care. You don't yeah. give a damn about this conversation. Probably but not. But for us, we care. Okay. And so we want to know to the left or to the right. And then we can say exactly. We can say this is what I know. This, this is, is what, what we know. I, know. I yeah. also I would love to put one of these things on Roman Yossi's skates for a game, just to see how far <laughs> he goes in a game because he he skates so <laughs> he covers so much territory. That it never ceases to we'll amaze. Just tell him me. to wear his Apple Watch. I'm sure there's an app. Yeah, they they that actually will tell are him. they are putting chips like this yeah. is yeah. coming in the future. Putting chips on the player so that they actually can track these kind of things. So that is. And I don't think it's one of these things that Barrett gave you. <laughs> it's yeah, a little no. more high tech. No. AJ Green did not practice because of illness. He's now day to day. Now okay. he's got an illness. Okay. So, so he's not like, right. you know, taking the day off. I think the Ferris illness is the off. Bengals flu. He's like Le'Veon <laughs> Bell. This team stinks. Like, hey, uh, AJ, you're you're cleared to go. You want to play? I'm not playing for this team. I'm hurt. Maybe he should have been traded. He said, actually, I want to yeah. be here. Oh, whatever. Okay. Sure. All right, we'll come back. We will put a bow on Wednesday's edition of Darren, Donick, and Chase next. Hey, there's your grand opening celebration. The Electronic Express located at 1735 Galleria Boulevard. Man, a lot going on in Cool Springs. Smashville Live tonight. Mike Fisher in the house, 7 to 8. And this grand opening of this Electronic Express, 1735 Galleria Boulevard in Cool Springs. Huge savings. All stores this week. Incredible prices on HD TVs, appliances, computers, mattresses, and more. Celebrate the new Cool Springs location Thursday from 2 to 6. The afternoon show will be out there at Electronic Express. They make it happen. Chiefs and Titans on Sunday. Pretty interesting.
Chiefs are six and three. Titans are four and five. This is a critical game because when you look at the AFC picture, Patriots are eight and one. Everybody suspects they'll win the division. The Ravens are six and two in the North. Everybody suspects they'll win that division. The AFC South, eh. Texans are in the driver's seat, but the Colts are right behind them. I guess what's the status of Jacoby Brissett moving forward? Still Sprained think the, MCL. Still think the Texans are. I would I would definitely have them as the favorite. And the Chiefs are 6 and 3 and they're the favorite in the West. Now, what about teams on the outside looking in? If they don't win, if those are your division winners, okay? So then in the mix for the playoffs, you got the Bills at 6 and 2, the Colts at 5 and 3, and then you got a jumbled mess. Steelers 4 and 4, Titans and Jags 4 and 5. Chargers four and five, Raiders four and four. But you got the Raiders and the Chargers playing tomorrow night in Oakland. So somebody's going to lose there. And Buffalo, I mean, hypothetically, I guess they. Buffalo is going to make the playoffs. I'm going to tell you right Uh, now. They they could could beat New England because they still have one game to play. And, you, you know, if New England slips up again. You know, who knows? What, they're not gonna, be they don't have to, they don't have to beat the Patriots. No, they don't. They're going to get they, in a while. Listen, they play, listen they, to they the Bills. They played the Redskins last week. Listen to the Bills. This is their they, they are clearly in the driver's that, seat. That's what I'm telling you. Read up. I, I told you guys after they you know at, started off well and they beat the Giants and the Jets. I started looking at this. Yeah. All right, tell at Cleveland win this week at Miami win. By the way, the Browns are favored in that game against the Bills. That's stupid. At Miami, home against Denver, at Dallas, home against the Ravens, at Pittsburgh, at New England, home against the Jets. They have six wins already. Yeah. Well, there's 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 right. a lot of they're not going to win all those win, games. No, no but, but they they they're going to win ten games. I was going to say they can win ten games. Yeah, they play Baltimore, good defense. Baltimore will be hard. Dallas will be hard. New England. Yeah, now the Browns could beat them. Could. But they don't have to win all of these. But all they've got to do is win four out four of those of eight. games. Four yeah. of eight. Yeah. Four and four, they're good. They got ten wins. They're in. Yeah. They're they're in a good spot. By the way, with Jets at home, Dolphins Broncos at home, at Miami, at Cleveland. Very winnable. Now. Can you imagine if they so this weekend, if they beat Cleveland, I mean the the train's already derailing there. Well, you do wonder, man. At what point if they keep if they cannot pull out at any point, you're right. What if they lose again this weekend? Yeah, but even you do if, wonder if they just skid right off the road, down the embankment, down the wood through the woods, through the trees, and down on the creek. Well, you want to talk about some bad body language. That team is full of bad body language. Mm-hmm. Well, so we do you go ahead and make a change? The show. After the Odell Beckham play where he he's got the guy beat right he makes a nice move it's a fourth down game on the line play and if you listen to rich gannon he said that should have been a touchdown just throw it to him he's one of the best receivers odell beckham and needless to say i mean it's it's natural you would be frustrated but he's 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 gyrating all over the place and he's making it known to anybody cameras and everything that he's ticked off he's not happy at all he even said to the sideline reporter i don't know if you guys saw this he goes I can't get anybody to throw it to me to save my life. That's great team stuff. Mm-hmm. But I understand the frustration. Like, they didn't trade for him to have the numbers he's had. 
But here's the problem. If if you're John Dorsey and you go ahead two years in a row, make an in-season change at head coach, what I mean, what are your options? Todd Monken's the offensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes the defensive coordinator, and you have James Campen as the associate head coach. Who's that? Well, realistically, their season's over. No, I know. I mean, but, they can't say that, but their their season's over. Right. They're not going to the playoffs. No. They're not, but I mean. So I, mean, I guess it. Do, I guess what I'm getting at what is, is it, it doesn't. What difference does it make? That's my point. I think they're just at that point. You're just making a change to just get a new voice and just Freddie Kitchens. You know, before the sink or before the ship sinks to the bottom, just make a change. I'm gonna be honest. I said last season, watching their turnaround with Greg Williams as the interim, that you know that looked pretty good, and maybe you give Greg Williams a shot to be a head coach again and. They didn't, and a lot of people said, no, there's no chance. I think it looked if, – if you had kept him, you think this looks better? I think it looks better than under Freddie Kitchens. I, I, I was very surprised. I wasn't surprised they moved on from Greg Williams, really, but I did think he had a little something going there. I think he had the players' attention, the respect. But I was surprised look at what they, they have. Look at the type of players they have. You have Baker Mayfield that is a – you know, he, he's going he's gonna to run his mouth, and he's kind of a me guy. You have Odell Beckham, same thing. If you have a, a coach like Greg Williams as the head coach, he's somebody that can, can quiet that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I told you this week why Dorsey had Freddie Kitchens as the, as the coach. I already told you that. He can control him. Yeah, he, wants to con- he wanted the control. He wanted a coach he could How's control. How's that working out? Yeah. We know. We know the answer. I mean, is, Dor- is Dorsey going to survive? That's, yeah, he'll survive. That's another question. The, the thing is about John Dorsey, he's very good at his job, like talent. Talent-wise, he's very good. I mean, he really is. He's one of the best GMs in the league at evaluating talent, just talent alone. But the other stuff, you know, as we saw in Hard Knocks, he's a little quirky dude. The way he dresses. Right. Kinda, right. Kinda, you know, he's a little bit of a quirky guy, but, you know, he – he wanted control, and he got control with the head coach. That job's too stage is too big. It's very clear. And oh, by the way, everybody we talked to told us that. And shame on John Dorsey. He should have been able to figure that out. Right? Maybe he didn't care. I don't know. Maybe he thought yeah. he could. They could work past that. The one big concern was always the head Ever, coach. right. Everybody said you you can't do that. So this is going to be a big one on Sunday because the four and six hole is one you probably can't get out of and and make the playoffs. And I think I, I don't think I don't know if anybody in this market believes they're going to be in the playoffs anyway to begin with no matter what happens. No. It's not I promising. Don't. No. It, well, do you want with the schedule that's remaining, I don't think anybody believes what what do you think it would be right now percentage of people in this market that think the Titans can actually get to the playoffs this year. What 5% or less, right? Uh, there's probably more optimists out there. Yeah. Really? 10 I 15%. Think, I, maybe. I think you, you still got diehards. Have, you still have the, hey, you know, that that's our team. Those yeah, are our yeah, guys. You got, you I mean, have, they, they're going to get it together. Yeah, glass half full people. Now, let, let's give you the. Remember what we did last week about the numbers? Tennessee's percentage chance to make the playoffs today, going into week 10, 6%. I was going to say, I was gonna, was, I what, was gonna say eight. Yeah. What was it last time? Twelve. 12? It so was between twelve and thirteen percent. Now it's six percent. Yeah. So you're every, telling me there's a chance. Every loss just digs at you. It digs at you. 
on football outsiders. 6%. That's probably the number of people that believe there's hope of playoffs. 6%. They're (laughs) up against it. I don't know. That'll do it for us. That'll do it for Darren, Donick, and Chase on this Wednesday. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. We'll see you then. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.